soul care um, really, really helped ground me in my understanding of myself as the beloved of God. Hello and welcome to the Wellspring Soul Care Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Gotthardt, and I'm part of the Wellspring team. Our desire and our mission at Wellspring is to help people rediscover God's personal, generous, and redemptive love. It's joy-filled, flourishing life that He makes available to us in the kingdom of God. In our podcast, we engage in thoughtful conversations about our inner life and the care of souls, ours and others. At the heart of Wellspring is something we call soul care. It's a name we give to a nine-month cohort in which we take up every year about 30 pastors, nonprofit, and other leaders and invite them into an experience that involves teaching and reflection and some very hands-on and tangible ways of encountering and engaging with both spiritual formation concepts and scripture and conversations with God and their others and their own soul. It's been something we've been doing for over a decade now, and actually over 400 alumni throughout the Bay Area and the United States have have experienced this. And by God's grace, we have seen such tremendous effectiveness and impact that has been made and has continued to be made in the lives of leaders. And so, what we're inviting you into today is a conversation with four people from this last year's Soul Care cohort. They all have different places in life, in ministry, and vocation, but they all encountered God in some tremendous ways in this last year. This was a pandemic year, and so we had to rearrange things in a lot of different ways to make it work, as did these leaders. And you can imagine also the challenges they were facing as they navigated the pandemic in their vocation and their personal lives and just how all that came together. So we hope this conversation will encourage you. We hope it will invite you to continue to pursue the life of abundance and goodness that is available in the kingdom of God. So enjoy. David Haley. And David, uh, if you could first just tell us what's uh, your role and kind of how long you've been doing it. Hello. Yes, I am. My name is David. I am, I have been uh, the site pastor uh, of a small-ish, you know, 150, 200 person congregation uh, in the city of Palo Alto uh, for the last year. Uh, my first date as site pastor was the date that we closed services <laughs> at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, wow. And so it's been, uh, it, it's, it's been, a it's, it's been quite a year. Um, but, uh, before that had been kind of serving at the same church for uh, about eight years prior. Wow. So, so what, David, what drew you then to, what actually, how'd you hear about soul care and then what drew you to want to participate in it? Uh, I had a good friend uh, participate in the cohort the year before mine, and uh, it was a really, really impactful experience for her. Uh, and she saw what was happening kind of with, she, she was a coworker also, 
Uh, and so she knew what was happening kind of like within the structure of our church that we were having a, a senior pastor who was in the midst of a transition uh, out of ministry and that I was transitioning into being the site pastor at the campus that uh, he had been, you know, for where, he, where he'd been for the last 20 years, uh, knew all of the like challenging dynamics around that transition uh, and just kind of the uh, the wear and tear uh, on our team. You know, we've, we've, our, our, our staff had been through a lot and, and the three or four years prior had to close a campus uh, down in San Jose. And, and so uh, came to me uh, and in the way that a good friend does says like, I submitted your name for this and you should do it. Uh, so, uh, I said, yes, I will. Uh, I, I will, I will see if they will have me. And so that's, that, that, that's how I got, uh, that, that, that's how I got connected. Uh, really that's awesome. And, like the internal motivation for me, man, I was just, I was running on empty, um, yeah. you know, having to, uh, in, in the way that ministry can be exhausting and, uh, disappointing, uh, and frustrating, uh, and, and then you have, still have to get up there every week and uh, lead uh, and teach and um, with, with, with your whole self and with your whole heart um, and, and, and feeling like there wasn't much left uh, in, in, the, in the tank to be able to do that. Right. Well, and, you know, I mean, you said, you know, you first starting in the middle of a, a new role at the beginning of COVID, which we've all, you know, we've we've all got our own journeys of that, but, uh, but the particular, you know, realities of your role and the dynamics in the church where you've just had to shepherd people through a lot of loss and uncertainty. And um, so uh, if I can ask, how, how, how did soul care meet, meet you where you were or in what ways did mm -hmm. that, did that impact your, your journey this last year? I, re I remember our opening retreat and sitting with the story of Moses uh, and him uh, saying to God, if you don't go with me, don't send me. Uh, and like, there, there was something in me that just like broke, like hearing that of like, that is exactly how I feel right now. And like, I haven't been able to quite either know what words to put to that feeling or feel permission to feel that way. And so mm -hmm. I, I think um, from right at the very beginning, I feel like the soul care experience helped connect me uh, to what was really happening in me, uh, which was the place where God could actually meet me. Uh, and I, I think I've been trying to live disconnected from uh, the reality that I was exhausted, from the reality that I was disappointed, from the reality that I was processing uh, hurt and frustration and fear and anxiety uh, and worry. And it was like, uh, I don't know, like soul care was like this tractor beam <laughs> back into mm. uh, like, like back, back into what's real and, and really set context for uh, God to meet me in places that I had been in myself that I had been running away from, uh, but were actually the places where God really wanted to meet me. And so um, that was like, was such a powerful experience. Wow. Wow. I love that. That God just met you where, right. You know, where you'd been running from, but, but where, where you, where your soul and your inner self really were. So 
this year, and, and we've had the privilege of journeying together this year, it's it's not like circumstances have all, you know, shifted up and to the right. right. Um, <laughs> if any, if, if, if anything, you know, uh, it seems like, you know, it's been gotten even harder and more yeah. daunting and challenging. Um, in what ways did Soul Care, um, I don't know, accompany you, I guess, in that mm. kind of difficult season? Yeah, in, in the midst of all of the challenging things, what I felt like Soul Care helped build for me was a uh, more of like a whole foundation. You know, like if you think about like a house, like built on like a solid concrete slab, like I, I felt like my foundation either was like missing or broken. And I, I felt like mm. uh, Soul Care helped create a, a foundation for me of operating out of. Uh, a, a space uh, both being connected to God's presence in my own life uh, and just the really simple fact that like we teach all the time but it's like so hard to like know and experience in our own lives that God is fundamentally like pleased with me and loves me and like and that was like a like as silly as it is to say like it's a game changer you know and, and, and so like it, it was this transition I think from what are all the things that I need to do for God, for the church, for the people? Not, not that you like, not, not that those things become uh, less valuable, but, but, they're, but they're not like definitive uh, and, and really kind of transitioning to more kind of like, you know, what is it, what is, what does it look like to do life with God rather than for God? What does it look like to do ministry with God rather than for, you know, like uh, this kind of like, um, increasing awareness, I, I guess, of like God's presence with me uh, and, and really feeling that regardless of if things went well or if they didn't, you know, well, in, in terms of how we tend to think about it, you know, more people, more success, more things like that, but, um, right. but that God was in it and uh, in and through it all. Wow. I love that, that there was some, seems like there was just a sense of shame, changing the, the starting point, if you will. Yeah. Am I doing it, you know, for God, but, or with, and, and mm -hmm. with, in a, in a beginning place of even being loved. That's so, that's so transformative. Well, uh, so David, you know, again, the soul care year is, has completed our nine month rhythm, but you know, as, as you can contemplate moving forward in in this next season which will of course have its challenges and mm -hmm. you know all that what what do you hope or what do you desire to to carry with you out mm. of uh, out of these last nine months you know i think a few things uh the thing that comes up for me like first and foremost is uh, that idea that we were just talking about of this idea of like life with God instead of life for God. Um, that, uh, and, and just how that really does change a, a, a lot of different things. The, you know, the, the next to either the, the last month, I guess the, the, the focus for the last month is on this dis distinguishing the, the cycle of grace versus uh, cycle of works. And like, is your, is your, is your starting place uh, belovedness? Uh, or is your starting place a desire for fruitfulness? Um, I keep uh, you. You can't see it because we're on a podcast. But I'm uh, I'm at a standing desk, which is basically just my 
my dresser in our bedroom because we're still obviously out of our house. But I have uh, I have a note card on the on the window uh, that I look at fits over my computer that just says what's your starting point. Um, wow. And, uh, and 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 that and that has to be like a daily thing for me. You know, it's it's a totally like internal rewiring. Um, but that but that's there's been so much freedom that's come from that and so much uh, more space for like joy and hope and peace to exist. Uh, e- even just from like, e- even just like from that, uh, from that small thing. Um, so I, I think that life with God versus life for God and that, uh, uh, and that cycle of grace versus cycle of works um, in the, in the midst of all of the like really incredible things that this, this last year has brought that that's the thing that at least right now feels the most, yeah, feels like it's rising wow. to the top. That's, that's huge. Wow. Well, David, uh, just, it's been a privilege Honestly, I get mm-hmm. to, I've got to journey with you and our small group together, but it's just been a true privilege to, to be alongside and just to see your hunger and openness. I mean, you came to this whole experience um like you said there was there's brokenness but there was also openness you know mm-hmm. and in an eagerness to meet meet with god and it just seems like god was gracious and to meet with you in some pretty pretty profound ways over this last year yeah absolutely that's for sure well tom mount uh, thanks for Connecting with us here today, Tom. Tell us a little bit of what what is it that you do and um, what what's your current you know role in ministry. I'm a senior pastor of a small church in Chico called Holy Trinity Church, uh, a church plant that actually got started during the uh, the COVID uh, lockdown. Ten days into the lockdown is when we had our wow. first in service. But Tom, you've been in ministry for for a long time. Is that that right? Yes, uh, full-time ministry for 35 years. Wow, yeah. wow. And what was it like trying to launch a new church in the middle of a global pandemic? I can't even imagine. What was that like? You know, it was a great um, exercise of a new level of faith, of investing in God. I'm, I had been around the block enough times to see God provide and extraordinary circumstances and I knew he would here I just didn't <laughs> didn't have a clue as to how he would do it uh right. you know, financially and every other way but but we just we had this deep-seated sense that he would he would show himself to be faithful and he certainly has done that and looking back over the last year we we could write a book I tell people we could write a book on how not to plant a church and yet it succeed, you know, and yet see God's fingerprints all over it. Wow. Well, so tell us a little bit, how did, what was your introduction to soul care? How did you end up getting connected to this, uh, to this cohort this last year? I've been reading uh, spiritual formation literature since the early 90s. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of Dallas Willard and Richard Foster were my main entree into the field. And you know, the more I read, the more I heard about spiritual direction, and I actually read on spiritual direction, longed to get spiritual direction, but didn't really have people in the area who uh, were uh, 
you know, could guide me in that way. Um, and uh, just a couple of years ago, really, really had it heavy on my heart that I, I needed direction, um, not so much vocational guidance, but just a direction in my interior life. And so I began looking at various programs online. I have a friend who uh, got his degree at uh, Talbot in their spiritual direction program, asked him for advice. Soul Care was one of the places that he mentioned. And when I heard the name, I thought, hmm, I think I have a friend who went through this. Sure enough, Dan Hawkinson, good friend of mine, uh, I called him and he said, yeah, that's it. I will, do you recommend it? Absolutely. So I applied, uh, went to the uh, informational session in I think 2019, um, but I was in between churches at that time and well, was looking at changing possibly uh, church roles. Uh, so put it off for a year and then was uh, was blessed to be accepted into last year's co cohort. So that's a long explanation, but it was kind of a circuitous yeah. route. Yeah, well, and just the timing of it then ended obviously going through it in, the, in this year, what a pivotal year. Um, just Perfect. if you could share a little bit, uh, Tom, what, what, how did you sense God meeting you then in this last year? Obviously, you're going through this extraordinary you know season for all of us and doing a church plant in what ways was was soul care uh, connecting for your you know experience uh the the timing could not have been more perfect uh it is exactly what i needed this last year um as we started this new church we were committed to do church very differently to not uh, just do the conventional kind of church ink American church way, <laughs> but to be highly relational, to be really rooted in one's personal living out of one's relationship with God. And if I couldn't model that authentically, then you know how could I um, how could I lead others in that? Soul care um, really, really helped ground me in my understanding of myself as the beloved of God. Uh, now I've, you know, I've read Henry now and I've, I've read all that material for years, but I really feel that the Lord took me to a whole new level of appreciation and awareness of that so that it's becoming increasingly my lived reality, not just my, you know, cognitive framework for doing life. And there's a restedness, a relaxedness, um, a peace that I'm experiencing in ministry now that I never experienced in my previous, you know, 34 or so years of ministry. Soul care, I think more than anything, the, the way that you guys have put the whole package together, uh, the content, the retreats, the special things that you do um, each little retreat session to reinforce the lessons, the spiritual direction that takes place in between, and more than anything, your unbelievable hospitality. Um, it, 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 it can't fail to impact a person who is taking it seriously. And, and when I entered the program, I was, I, I really felt it was a gift that it was an answer to 
my heart's cry for spiritual direction. And so I was determined I would, I would put in the time to, to really get the most out of it. I uh, ended up quitting another job, another teaching job I had, quit my position at my, uh, my seminary uh, so that I could focus on this and on this church plant that God gave me to do. And I'm so glad I did, Richard, because it, it mm. created the space really to be present to God. And I'm, I'm changed and I'm mm. not, you know, I, I've got a long ways to go, but at least the trajectory is, uh, you know, in, in the direction that I had hoped. Well, that's, that's encouraging. It's so encouraging to hear, Tom. And I, I, you know, we interacted some throughout this last uh, year. And I, I just so experienced you, though, as someone who did very much what you said and, and actually came into this whole process as someone who, who deeply desired in, uh, to live out of uh, a deep sense of connectedness to God. And, and that, that, that was already a, a, a deep foundation of that in your life. It wasn't like you were starting from square one, if you will. So I'm curious for someone who's, you know, and you've been in ministry for a long time and so, and has even been drawn to some of the formational thinkers and practices already. I'm, I'm curious in what ways did you find it even it, it kind of sinking you further into some of those things? What ways was that even, it sounds like it was even more uh, engaged places you already were leaning into? Yeah, great question. Um, I'll mention a couple things. One is again, just seeing all of you um, embody the, the principle of hospitality. I, mm. I think of hospitality as making space in one's life for another as the other. And you guys did that for us, you know, a collection by and large of strangers and you did it every month with grace. You made us feel privileged. You made us feel like we were the most important people on earth. And we don't, I, you know, as a pastor, I don't get that very often. <laughs> the, the roles tend to be reversed. So to be a beneficiary of that uh, was really awkward at first. Like I kept finding myself wanting to, to serve and, you know, uh, to somehow mitigate, you know, this sense of dis-ease at being in the re recipient position. But I, I you know, you guys told us, just receive. You're here to just receive. And so I, I did that. And um, God just met me every, every time. So, so I think that is one of the genius uh, characteristics of soul care is not just talking about what it looks like to be hospitable and lavish with the grace of God, but to embody that in everything that you do. And you and Patty and Terry, especially John, you guys just do that extraordinarily well. So that was one thing. The, the second thing is just the, the wisdom, the sage, godly counsel that I would get from Patty as my spiritual director. And it, I said counsel, it, it wasn't so much counsel, it was a very wise questioning 
kind of a tentative suggesting of, well, could it be that maybe the Lord might be saying this? <laughs> and invariably, mm -hmm. she would give me a new way of framing something that I was going through that allowed me to more gently um, allow myself to be changed or have my ideas tweaked, uh, to not be so hard on myself, to not be so judgmental, but to have this kind of curiosity about what's going on under the hood so that I could discern why it is that I might be moving toward God in this instance and maybe away from him in another instance. And that combined with the Ignatian uh, exercises uh, was, was just so, so helpful to me. Mm. Well, what a great description you just gave of really what the the hope and the intent around spiritual direction is is that that kind of like you said a kind of a holy curiosity and and yet it's it's that space where God meets us when we are willing as you described to be open to another perhaps way of framing and to, to have someone companion you in that so that's a beautiful way of describing it so just one more question then, Tom, and um, it would be as you can, you know, move forward in life and ministry, obviously in the church plant and other ministry roles and responsibilities that you have and will have, is there some aspect that you would uh, want to carry with you that you would want to continue to inform the way you um, lead and, and serve in the future? Uh, yes, I'm, uh, I'm praying about, um, what the Lord wants me to do during this next season. And you guys laid out several alternatives that we might pursue at our final retreat. Um, I definitely want to continue with spiritual direction. And I've spoken with Patty about that. I'm very interested in getting spiritual direction training myself and, she has recommended a couple uh, different possibilities. I've looked into those. They're a little bit, uh, they, um, one of them was in Denver and the, though the program looks fantastic, uh, I just wouldn't be able to pull off the travel given where our church plant is. So uh, I'm, I'm asking the Lord, what does this training look like in a way that allows me to continue uh, to serve as a, a local church pastor for the time being? Sure. Um, so, but I, 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 boy, I see the value of direction and want to get some training in this area. And I think just generally, I'm, I'm very, very zealous for the people in my church to be exposed to as much of this as possible. And already, I, <laughs> you know, can't help but incorporate what I'm learning into my messages. And uh, they're already getting a healthy dose of uh, some aspects of Ignatian spirituality. Uh, That's but great. I, I'd like to be more intentional. And uh, mm -hmm. so I'm thinking about doing a spiritual formation retreat uh, with my, beginning with my leaders uh, and then working my way uh, through the church. Uh, we, we have a couple cabins up in the mountains nearby where we could, get away and, and make that happen. So I'm 
right now praying about the elements of that. So those are That's those great. are some of the things that I see ahead, Richard. Yeah. Well, Tom, what a what a gift, uh, truly, and I, I say it's just a, a a gift to just companion and watch the ways that you just deeply engaged with not just these these practices and processes, but really just a, a true openness to the spirit of God in in your life and and just a um I think of a sense of of having the sails raised for the spirit to blow mm -hmm. uh and ready to re to be responsive and it's a it's a gift to see so thanks for taking just a few minutes to to share a bit of your experience with us you bet thank you Richard and thank you donors so much from the bottom of my heart for making this possible for people like me um, who, who really don't have any other resources of this type. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your generosity, your vision, uh, your, your kindness to make this available to us. Kylie Middlebusher, it's so good to talk to you today. Um, tell us a little bit about what, what is it that drew you to soul care in the first place? Yeah, thanks, Richard. I'm so excited uh, to be able to share a bit. So I was invited to Soul Care. Uh, my boss told me about it. He's been through it. Two other people who are on um, my team, they've been on it as well. And just being able to see how God's totally worked and um, worked in their life throughout it. But really, I, I got to know these people after their time in Soul Care and getting to hear their reflection and their calling back on kind of what God did in their hearts and in their season and in their rhythms of life and how they've carried it on was really a big piece of, um, of why I said yes to attending the initial orientation and filling out the discernment application. Well, great. Well, let's actually even back up a little before that. Tell us a little bit about what yourself and what your role in, in life and ministry is these days. Yeah, I work for a nonprofit called uh, Foster the Bay, and we um, partner alongside churches to help raise up foster families and it's just really beautiful and broken work like we have many opportunities to hear awesome redemptive stories and then other times where um, kind of the brokenness of the world feels overwhelming um, and so yeah. it's a great place to be in when your soul is cared for and a hard place to be in if you're in a dry season and so my specific roles I'm director of operations and so I am a little bit more behind the scenes um, which has been helpful since we have three small I have three small kids at home and um, just being in this role a little bit removed from the world of foster care has has been uh, life-giving in some ways too yeah and so uh, three small kids at home and you also have, have uh, been through your own health uh, challenge tell us a little bit about that journey yeah, when I was pregnant with my second, who is now four, uh, she we found out we were pregnant with her, and then the next day found out that I had uh, thyroid cancer, and we thought it wasn't, um, you know, they always tell you it's kind of the good cancer to have, uh, but it turned out that I had a rare aggressive type, and so it had actually metastasized throughout my collarbone, and um, it spread from my neck and region, and so um, spent a lot of years fighting cancer and surgeries and having young babies. Um, was just really, wow. uh, there's a lot of intense moments where yeah. the joy of a newborn and having, you know, we've had another baby since then, which has been so wonderful um, and a bit of a redemptive story there, but um, it's just a really intense season, um, a lot of trauma kind of that I didn't even realize that I needed to address and talk through with somebody. Um, 
just, yeah, a lot of that, a lot of the reason why soul care was the best yes for me, um, mm. kind of came out of that season. Wow. So yeah, an incredible and da daunting journey that you had been on and through and then doing the kind of work you're doing, which is just is, is beautiful. And like you said, broken as well, a, a lot to, to carry into the season. And then of course, this last year with, with COVID and how did COVID affect uh, the ministry that you're doing? It, uh, it was really um, hard. It was devastating, not because churches weren't responding still, people were still being generous towards our nonprofit, but the foster care world was just flipped upside down. You know, we kept saying, go home and stay home because that's safe place, right? Do this for your neighbor. But then a lot of kids were sent home to unsafe homes and they weren't being seen by their teachers or coaches or pastors who are all healthy eyes, like healthy adults who are advocating for these kids. Um, and so it, that was really devastating to see um, how it affected the kids in foster care, which then affected us, right? And so we're still in the season of trying to figure out what that actually looked like, what foster care actually looked like and how it was hit with COVID. Um, but at work, we heard a lot, a lot more sad stories than, um, than joyful stories. Wow, that's hard. So, so what, if you can even look back now and say, in what ways was, was soul care then kind of hitting where you were or what, what you're navigating during that season? Uh, yeah, I, uh, the idea of being present with Jesus in the midst of whatever you're going through um, and kind of like pulling out different attributes of who he is um, and then how he sees me too was really a big piece of soul care. I, I find that, um, and I think a lot of times as Christians, we're excited to like be the redemptive work and be on the other side and that God's work has been done in me. Um, or as a good Christian, I know this is how I should be thinking. And so sometimes I glaze over actually how I'm feeling. Um, and I'm not offering that up to God. And so in this world of work where it's the beauty and brokenness, not or, right? I have to be able to hold on to both in foster care. Um, in ministry, right? We're called to bring the same thing. It's the holding both and. Um, I think I found myself gripping one tighter than the other um, and trying really hard to only see the beauty while not also acknowledging and giving to God the brokenness and sitting and allowing him and like inviting him into grief with me. Um, and so then when COVID hit, it just, everything exponentially was <laughs> exposed, I think. Um, and then even throughout the, I, I remember signing up for soul care and thinking like, oh, am I like, is it? am I the right person? Are you wasting this on me? I'm young in ministry. I'm not quite burnt out yet. Um, but I'm so grateful I was picked because so much of what I have experienced in the past, um, I was able to unpack meeting with my spiritual director, Patty, and going through each of the months. Uh, it kind of opened up. Um, I felt like at one point I was almost like invited into like re-examining all that I've walked through with God and asking where he was throughout all of that. Um, and that healing process allowed me to like actually feel grief with hope instead of just overwhelming grief. Um, and so carrying that throughout, um, you know, I had a, a health scare even in January, halfway through soul care, where my cancer markers were off the, you know, way up high, exponentially high, as high as they were when my radiation, when I was going through radiation and, um, and praise, bracing myself, essentially thinking I'm walking through another cancer journey that I'm not in remission anymore. Um, and in the past that probably would have crippled me. Um, and I wouldn't have been able to like even function. 
Um, or I would have shut down all my feelings and only done the survival mode. Um, but instead I found that I could actually process through a lot more of that with God. Um, I could bring my exhaustion, my sadness, um, being able to say like, God, this is not fair. I don't, I don't want to be walking through this again. And then knowing that I'm a beloved child and he's grieving alongside me and that he's inviting me in in a friendship and a fathership. Like there's just so many opportunities throughout that to like reposition myself towards God. Um, and I got good news a month later that the, it was a fluke. <laughs> um, when they retested me, my numbers were actually low and great. Um, but it was this six weeks of unknown uh, where I felt this time I could walk through some of that unknown with just more stability um, and feeling truly comforted by God and not just with like the hope of a good result. So then I feel the comfort afterwards, but to be comforted throughout the process. Wow. That's, a, that's a long answer. No, it's a, it's a great answer. And I'm really struck by the two parts of both bringing all of the both and the mess and the, the beauty and the broken, bringing it all. But then this, this other phrase, just with God, to be able to be in it with God and grieve even the past hurt and the present reality with God. That's, mm -hmm. uh, that's really beautiful. So, so now that you, as you've walked through, and also we rejoice with you that you're, you know, that the, the cancer has not returned. And so yes. that's wonderful <laughs> news. Now that you've completed this, this soul care, you know, year, what, what do you hope to, what do you, what do you see yourself carrying forward with you out of this time? I loved the um, emphasis on scripture paired with spiritual practices. There's a lot of times where I feel like the two are on the opposite end of the spectrums in faith or, or I'm, a person where a spiritual practice will be something I do to try to return back to God instead of incorporating it throughout uh, my everyday moments, right? Like I wait for the big holy moment and then I can acknowledge it. Where here I felt just this beauty and this freedom to acknowledge in the present where God, where God is, where my heart is. Am I centering myself towards him? Am I um, running away from this? Am I in a season of joy or am, you know, just, there are so many phrases that I feel like I can carry from soul care, but also just the routines, like carrying these month long in-depth prompts and knowing I have them in my toolkit essentially from here on out. Um, but I, I do say that there, there's a few things that were just invaluable to me. The um, idea of communicating in a small community of people all nine months um, forced me to be vulnerable in ways that I'm not naturally comfortable with. And it allowed me even to grow with my friendships and a few other people around me. And so carrying that in uh, almost like an intense season of vulnerability with soul care and pouring that into my life, staining friendships, like my sustainable friendships um, has been a really big piece. And then the other one is just integrating it into my work life. Um, I found myself calendaring out Kind of what this next year will look the rest of this year will look like and and naturally putting in rest where in the past maybe rest would feel not productive um and this time i'm actually focusing on putting it in there and um and offering it as like a an, an offering of worship to god um and and other ones have been just really fun things too like every night at dinner my kids and i we light candles at dinner time and it has become this routine of where i feel like we can just breathe a little bit and we get to invite god into our dinner at prayer time and we're lighting these candles and they live for this moment and it's become this 
kind of end of the day ritual for us where we're winding down and letting go of the stress and the busyness of the world and focusing on just our family. And um, so that's an abstract answer in the, the lighting candles oh, at night, great. but it really has carried a profound, it's made a profound impact on my family. Um, just the simple idea of we light a candle at the beginning of soul care. Why don't we light a candle at the you know beginning of our dinner? That's beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. And I love that, that yeah, that it's given you a cause to look at ritual rhythm and practices in your own life. And I love that you're being intentional about that. And so wonderful. And then inviting your family to enter into that with you. That's, that's a wonderful thing. I, you know, I think, Richard, that's been one of the most impactful pieces for me as a mom with young kids and being married to my husband, you know, seven years. Uh, there's just this um, deep desire to bring what I've learned at Soul Care into my family. And so that my kids are being raised this way too. And it's been really fun The they've awoken a lot of joy and childlikeness within me when I've taken some of the practices and done them with them. Uh, I found that I did some like a due diligence, you know, do my homework and trying to get things done that way where with them, it's more playful. And I even think during the season of, you know, Patty's helped me a lot, just talking through this too, the season of fighting cancer was so intense i felt like i lost a lot of my joy and throughout this time of soul care it felt a little bit like that hardness was melting away that vulnerability was in the group talking to spiritual director once a month meeting with jesus more regularly in a unique way um has brought out that childlike joy um and my kids have been a big part of that too so that i i'm so grateful um for that impact on my family that's so great to hear wow well kylie it's uh it's just been a, a joy to walk with you uh in in soul care in this last year and just to see just the way you've shown up and brought your whole self to to this experience and this journey together and so and so grateful for the the work and the ministry you're doing as you described it so well the beauty of of getting to see kids get to be loved on and in some ways rescued and hopefully restored to but also the the brokenness of that and the pain and and just holding all that and so so grateful that god has met you in this in this journey and um and we look forward to staying connected thank you richard yeah i feel the same way i'm so grateful for this year in soul care and uh, just what you've all poured into me and i'm looking forward to seeing what the next cohort gets to do Will Chung, it is good to see you and good to connect. Um, and just to introduce yourself to the folks listening, Will, tell us uh, what you do. What is your role these days? Well, my wife and I were actually in the process of planning a church. So we were originally going to plant and launch a church in 2020. But with everything that happened, we actually pushed it back. So my wife and I are getting ready to publicly launch a church in North Orange County called Beloved Church. Actually, the name Beloved Church was birthed out of my time at Soul Care. But yeah, we're calling it Beloved Church, and we launch uh, the second Sunday of September of 2021. Wow. Well, I love that. Even yeah. that impact of uh, that, that is amazing. So, so uh, what was you had? Did you have a, a previous name? If, just if I, can I ask. did. I did. So we originally went on sabbatical the last three months of 2020 into February of 2021 um, because I just, I burned out so bad. 
Um, I burned out. I don't even want to say burned out. If there's a word worse than that, I was completely broken and undone. And prior to that, I was trying to, you know, launch this church, leave my family, love my family. And we were originally calling the church the meeting place. It was going to be called the meeting place. But my sabbatical couple with soul care has such a deep and like, I don't like to say it lightly, like, but like a transformative, profound impact on my, my outlook on life, like a completely new outlook on life and ministry that around two months in I, I, of my sabbatical during soul care, I, I sense God asking me to let, let down my church plant, just like let everything down. Don't even pray about ministry. Don't even think about ministry, just heal and be. And the, the last month, my fourth month during my sabbatical, after a full circle, I, I sensed the Lord leading us to plant Beloved Church. So yeah, it's a crazy story. Wow. I, I, wow. I came back from my sabbatical and everybody was shocked. <laughs> that, that is, I love that though. I mean, not that the meeting place, that's a great name too, but Beloved Church. In fact, we'll, we'll circle back to that in a moment. So yeah. but you just kind of said you, you came into soul care. I mean, honestly, just sounds like just deeply needing that, that sense of you were, you know, what, can you tell a little bit of some of the factors without, you know, I don't want to make, push anything here, but yeah. what were some of the factors that led you to that kind of, man, being worn, worn down and, and yeah. feeling, yeah, just in need of, of care? Well, well, I, I'm, I'm 31 turning 32 and I actually became a youth pastor when I was 18. So when I was 18, yeah, so I became a youth pastor a while going to Biola University full-time. And then right after undergrad, I went straight to seminary. And right after seminary, I, I, I tried to go for my doctorate. And since I was 18, I've practically been serving full-time um, with no breaks, uh, especially serving in an immigrant church, a second-generation Korean-American environment for about 12 years. I just never took a break. Even vacations were typically mission trips. And, you know, I got married, had a kid. We have two little boys, a little girl, a three-year-old girl and a five-month-year-old boy. And 2020, um, well, I used to work, just stopped working. Like mm. praying the way I used to pray didn't work. Reading the scriptures the way I used to read didn't work. Serving and leading, it, it just didn't work. I, I almost felt like there was a malfunction in my system. I guess I will now call that my soul. And I just, I was completely lost and it kind of came by surprise. Like I felt fatigue, I felt tired, but it almost felt like overnight I just fell apart. But in hindsight, it was just years and years of just going and going. And, and I'm only 31, so when I was falling apart, my wife, came to me and said, I think you should take a sabbatical. And a good friend of mine, after he heard that, he said, hey, there's a program called Soul Care. I told both of them, there's no way I'm going to do that. Like, I can't go on sabbatical. I'm only 31. Everybody's having a hard time. Like, I was, yeah, I was kind of against the idea, but I was so broken at that point that um, I was desperate. So... Yeah, and yeah. I think that's what's misleading, perhaps, to some to to someone who hears, "Oh, you're 31 years old." It's like, but you've been going at it hard for uh, over a decade, right? Mm -hmm. Over a decade, and and really, probably your whole life has been in in the church and following God, and 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 
you know, it's, I think it's really interesting too. Well, like you were checking all the boxes of, you know, I'm, I'm following God, I'm doing it right. It wasn't like you were off, you know, up in the weeds, messing your life up somehow. You were doing it all the way that our church culture often tells us to keep pressing and going and keep your foot on the gas. And it just yeah. sounds like internally it, that God just said, yeah, I'm going to let you run out of gas. Yeah. Yeah, that is what happened. I mean, I was, uh, I mean, just a full disclosure, I was having panic attacks, anxiety attacks, fantasies of running away, um, kind of like Elijah just ran away. I, I would just have daydreams of like changing my name. It was crazy. Like, it wasn't like I was consciously thinking of it. I just found myself daydreaming about disappearing. Yeah. And I will, I didn't know then, but I would, I would literally just start crying uncontrollably you know, and I didn't know why. Mm. And soul care, um, it's funny cause my wife over the last like six months or so, she would look at me sometimes like crying and not, not because she's angry, but <laughs> she would look at me crying. Cause we've been together. We've been married six years, but prior to that, we were, we were together four years dating and engaged. And she would look at me with tears in her eyes and say, I've never seen you this peaceful. And she would say, like, I've never seen you so at rest. And she would say, I've never seen you so driven. I've never seen you so, like, at peace. And she would just tear up. And she would joke around with me and say, I could give Soul Care a million dollars. She would literally say crazy stuff like that. But because my wife's also a pastor's kid. And she's actually a missionary pastor's kid. So she's seen the wear and tear of ministry. And that's her own story with her, her own parents, how they were so, um, you know, busy with ministry. And that's some of her trauma and experience. And as she's seen how my perspective on life has, has transformed, that's the only word I could think of. I don't even want to say evolve. It's like a, it's a completely different framework. And she would, um, yeah, she would just look at me with tears in her eyes. And even before we planted a church, she would say stuff like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if we can do this because the pace of our life was so fast. But now she's like, she feels the conviction from God and she feels the peace to move forward. And yeah, it's been such wow. a gift to me and my family. That's that's wonderful and beautiful to hear. And and just thank you for your just your your vulnerability, your uh, well, so if I can ask what you, you come in uh, um, and I'll, I'll just be full disclosure here and, and say, hey, I too, my own background includes panic and anxiety attacks. I start, mine started, start having them epi episodes of panic when I was a kid, but then had full breakthrough panic attacks in my thirties and just yeah. had, you know, was, had to really seek help and, and spiritual formation was a lifeline, has been a lifeline for me as well. So just really resonate with your journey and very much that same, you know, pedal to the metal, keep going, keep going. And until just, you know, it was like, well, I didn't, didn't burn out. I broke down and um, that's, that's kind of what happened. And I see it. And we, you know, obviously that's, that's part of why this ministry exists is that that's a reality uh, for, for many in ministry, but to, so I'm, I'm curious what is, for you personally is as you entered into soul care what, what are some of the ways that God met you there oh 
There's so many ways. I mean, I can't even put into words all the things, but I guess I could, if I could summarize it, um, I think I uncovered my true north, my purpose. Mm. And I'm, I mean, I'm only 31, so maybe it evolves, continues to evolve. But I think when I first became a Christian, I felt like my purpose was to serve God. And then years later, my purpose was to glorify God. But during soul care, um, my true north became my purpose in life is to live in union with God. Mm. And it's not to serve God. It's not to lead people. It's not to um, do ministry. And soul care, what it did was it gave me the language to understand that all those things are secondary. And it's not just, I'm not just saying it because, you know, we hear stuff like no you should the greatest commandment is to love the lord your god with all your heart mind soul and strength but the phrase that really um transformed my outlook on life is no my my purpose is to live in union with god and and we talk about as soul care how to live a a with god life how to sustain a with god life and in the past uh serving god and ministry and work for god were synonymous with loving god but because of my false self, my brokenness, uh, my humanity, um, I've, I've centered my life around my job and, and found my significance around my ministry. But soul care has given me the tools and the language to, uh, to I don't want to say set free from that, but to notice that and to engage those things in a healthy and a biblical way so that it doesn't cent doesn't become the center of my life but rather it's a fruit and a result of the overflow of praise and thanksgiving and love for god and so that's the thing that was very unique it, it gave me tools it wasn't just content but it was like a toolbox that i can continue to go deeper and deeper and deeper with and it's followed me. It's fo every time I went to soul care, the things I've learned, it followed me home and it still follows me now. And I, I keep returning to the things that we've learned there and experienced there. And I just feel like I'm just beginning. I feel like I'm on this completely new path and a new journey through the things that God has done through my sabbatical coupled with soul care. That's beautiful. Wow. And I love, though, that, I mean, obviously, God's timing, God meeting you in that place of, of just, I would call it a holy desperation, really, mm -hmm. and, and him meeting you there. Um, and uh, tell me more about how this, because beloved, yeah, obviously, that, that didn't just become this more meaningful word to you. It, it sounds like it, it just got embedded in how you want to even lead this church that you're planting. Yeah. So talk about that a little bit. You know, um, during soul care, I mean, during my sabbatical, you know, I, I stopped traveling, stopped ministry, stopped meeting, just, you know, just um, try to rest and restore and find healing. But the only books that I could read in the past were like leadership books or like theological books. But during my sabbatical, I could only read like Henry Noun. Uh, like I could only read like these uh Dallas Willard, these the spiritual formation stuff. And as I was reading them, to be honest, in the past, whenever I heard about identity or beloved, it never really, it never really stuck with me. Like, cause I was so focused on the mission of God, advancing God's kingdom. 
But during my sabbatical, um, couple with Henry now in Dallas Willard, the things we were learning at Soul Care, I just God was just like, like pounding it into my my heart and my soul that you are beloved, that you're not what you do, you're not what you have, you're not what others think of you, but you are my beloved son, my beloved daughter. And uh, my wife actually kept seeing an imagery. I don't want to say seeing, but she longed for this lifestyle of living in the forest. And she kept saying, I just, I just imagine living in a forest where there's green, lush trees and streams of water and a sun rays just beaming into this. And she said, I, I want to live a different pace. I don't want to move so fast. And when I heard that, I, I thought about a Christmas tree how a Christmas tree is dead, but it has ornaments and lights to feel significant about itself. And how myself and the church um, at times in my generation, we have an invitation to live in this forest, the beloved God. Um, I have come to give you life and life abundantly, but we've uh, compromised to live this Christmas tree life. And yeah, I just, I just, I thought it was a, it was just for me. I just thought I was supposed to sit in that, but yeah, I just, as I kept praying into it and, and talking to my wife about it, I just sensed that this was the community that God was calling us to plant. So yeah, it's a journey. That's such a powerful image. I love that. Just makes me think of, we've had live, live well, quote unquote, live trees in our home, you know, for Christmas every year. And they, and it's like you said, they smell good and look pretty for a little while right but you yeah. know inside they're well they're they're really cut off from life right i mean you can put yeah. some water in it but that that's it they're, they're they're functionally dead right but they look good for a while mm -hmm. man what a great image it just reminds me of that psalm one right that trees mm -hmm. planted by streams of water that flourish and man that's powerful so obviously this has been just a pretty pretty impactful in your own healing and and sort of restoration process it sounds like and mm -hmm. uh, are there any other ways that you um as you as you move forward into this next next season of life and ministry you know any other pieces of this last year that you you want to kind of continue to carry with you yeah i mean the ethos of what i've learned that so i mean it's hilarious because my staff when i came back after sabbatical like they didn't know how to interpret my transformation. Because <laughs> I was always just go, 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 go. And and I mean, just to be honest, like I'm still that way. I think I'm wired that way. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not careful, I find myself reverting back to my old patterns. But even in our staff culture, our leadership, we've created rhythms of silence and solitude, which I've never mm -hmm. done in the past. Like every mm -hmm. staff meeting, every Tuesday, we spend the first 30 minutes in silence and solitude and we wow. just sit, pray. And, and, and my staff, some of my, I mean, not some, all of my staff have never done that. They've literally never practiced silence and solitude. And the first few months, it was so awkward and I had to just push through it. Cause I, I was, I was convinced I was persuaded of the value of sitting still before God, um, implementing a lot of the things that I've learned as soul care. I mean, the first, first retreat, they told us, don't teach this content to your church or community. 
until the retreat's over. So I bit my tongue for so long. <laughs> the moment soul care ended, every staff meeting, boom, cycle of grace. <laughs> Here we go. Boom, <laughs> principle of foundation, prayer of exact. I mean, I was just going and going, you know, consolation, desolation. So oh, that's great. I mean, I don't, I don't say lightly when I say like, it's given me a completely new operating system. Mm. Like, mm. It's, I mean, I know we're, this is audio, but you and I are on Zoom. I have the cross, right? The one that you guys mm. gifted us. Mm -hmm. I have the clay right here. It's just on my <laughs> desk, like right in the front. Cause the, the impact was, um, it's just something I knew that God had uh, ordained or, or designed to happen at this season in my life. And there's, I mean, I, yeah, there's so many other things I could say, but I would say just trying to implement the ethos of what I've learned uh, into our entire church leadership. Mm. Well, one of the things I, I just, so many, one of the things that's just apparent, <clears throat> Will, is that obviously not just God's timing in the sense of, you know, him meeting you in a place of, of your own internal sense of need, but also your hunger for an openness and because it was so evident it, each month as you showed up uh to that you, there was just a, a desire and that god meets us in that place of desire for him because i think you know when i hear you're like a lot uh and and i relate to of many very busy even driven ministry leaders that that honestly have wonderful motives, right? We want to serve God. We want to change the world. We want to we want to be all all in and go live all out, right? For, mm -hmm. for God. But then we we kind of you know want to do it, kind of do it and show God how how uh, mm -hmm. how hard we're working instead of living in that deep union with Him. And I just hear a, in you a, a willingness to to slow down long enough to be filled up and to live from that and live into and live from that space so man that's powerful and i love seeing hearing how uh how how is it for your staff i mean like you said they've they've kind of had to adjust to new will <laughs> and uh are they yeah. are they uh liking these things is it resonating with them yeah i think they are i think um i think oh, there's a whole generation that resonates with this but they just haven't mm -hmm. Um, they haven't found, I mean, <laughs> I know Christianity is the living water. Jesus is the living water, yeah. but soul care provided the living water. <laughs> so oh, I, I, I think for our, my community at first, I could tell they were kind of confused. They weren't really sure where I was coming from, but I mean, having been at it now for, um, it's been almost six months since I've been back mm. from sabbatical and has been consistent. Every staff meeting, silence and solitude, even some of the mm. books we've read together. Mm. Uh, I had our leadership team read a few books in the formation, I would say sphere or sector. And it's the the feedback has been, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think to be honest, I burned them out with the culture that I had created before. So I think for them to see me come back in a healthier rhythm, they're very grateful, very grateful. And we're all grateful to God. And was the soul care team has done for our community oh well, that's so encouraging to hear will and, and honestly just even though we were not in the same small group it was just a just a privilege and joy to get to just to see how god met you and you met god met with god over this last year and uh i love honestly i'm just deeply inspired by 
I want to go to a church called Beloved Church. That's the kind of, <laughs> that's the kind of community I want to be part of. So I love that. So yeah. Uh, so it's it's our privilege to just continue to to travel and journey together with with you over the days ahead and stay connected and man, thanks for sharing about your experience with us. Oh yeah, it's my joy. It's my honor. Thank you for joining us for today's conversation. If you found it helpful, feel free to share this podcast with others and subscribe to it on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you found us, and give us a rating. We'd really appreciate that as well. Again, if we can serve you as part of Wellspring, we are here to serve the church, both its leaders and people in whatever ways we can. So go to wellspringca.org to see what resources we have to offer and how you can be served by them go to our Facebook page. Just search Wellspring on Facebook and you'll see lots of resources there as well. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, grace and peace.